Good morning, you holy sons of God, and welcome to uh, Course in Miracles Daily Conference Call, where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we're in the Manual for Teachers, section 15, is each one to be judged in the end. We'll be reading four paragraphs. Uh, we also invite our lesson. Our lesson today is 352, Judgment and Love Are Opposites. From one come all the sorrows of the world, but from the other comes the peace of God himself. So at this holy instant, I'm going to turn the call over to Reverend Reacher for a morning prayer, and then we will, um, I'll tell you how we're going to do the reading today. Reverend Reacher? We'll just uh, close our eyes. Go within. We're often asked to be quiet, to be still. It helps in listening to the truth. We think we know. We need to stand back. Empty our teacup. <laughs> Allow God's word to enter. Today, our lesson is judgment and love are opposites. From one come all the sorrows of the world, but from the other comes the peace of God himself. Unquote. You know, it, for some reason I was reminded of the introduction of this course. The course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, but that is beyond what can be taught. It does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. The opposite of love is fear. But what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. Unquote. Judgment and love are opposites. From judgment comes all our sorrows, and from love comes the peace of God. And this is our prayer today in the lesson. Quote, Forgiveness looks on sinlessness alone and judges not. Through this I come to you. Judgment will bind my eyes and make me blind. Yet love, reflected in forgiveness here, reminds me you have given me a way to find your peace again. I am redeemed when I elect to follow in this way. You have not left me comfortless. I have within me both the memory of you and one who leads me to it. Father, I would hear your voice and find your peace today. For I would love my own identity and find in him the memory of you. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you, All right. So um, who has joined the call that would like to get on the reading list? I would. Fran. Hello. Fran. Anyone else? This is Sharon. I would like to if you need me. Okay, Sharon. Anyone else out there like to say hello? All right, so what we decided to do is we're going to stair-step the first four paragraphs, and then we'll go back and read each paragraph one by one and open the floor per paragraph. So in order, I have now Lee, Bryce, Reverend Regia, Carl, Fran, and Sharon. So, uh, Lee, would you please read one and two? Okay. 
Is each one to be judged in the end? Indeed, yes. No one can escape God's final judgment. Who could flee forever from the truth? But the final judgment will not come until it is no longer associated with fear. One day, each one will welcome it, and on that very day it will be given him. He will hear his sinlessness proclaimed around and around the world, setting it free as God's final judgment on him is received. He will hear his sinlessness proclaimed around and around the world, setting it free as God's final judgment on him is received. This is the judgment in which salvation lies. This is the judgment that will set him free. This is the judgment in which all things are freed with him. Time pauses as eternity comes near. And silence lies across the world that everyone may hear this judgment of the Son of God. Two. Holy are you, eternal, free, and whole, at peace forever in the heart of God. Where is the world and where is sorrow now? Thank you, Lee. Bryce, one, two, and three, please. Indeed, yes. No one can escape God's final judgment. Who could flee forever from the truth? But the final judgment will not come until it is no longer associated with fear. One day, each one will welcome it. And on that very day, it will be given him. He will hear his sinlessness proclaimed around and around the world, setting it free as God's final judgment on him is received. This is the judgment in which salvation lies. This is the judgment that will set him free. This is the judgment in which all things are freed with him. Time pauses as eternity comes near and silence lies across the world that everyone may hear this judgment of the Son of God. Holy are you, eternal free and whole, at peace forever in the heart of God. Where is the world and where is sorrow now? Is this your judgment on yourself, teacher of God? Do you believe that this is wholly true? No, not yet, not yet. But this is still your goal, why you are here. It is your function to prepare yourself to hear this judgment and to recognize that it is true. One 
instant of complete belief in this, and you will go beyond belief to certainty. One instant out of time can bring time's end. Judge not, for you but judge yourself, and thus delay this final judgment. What is your judgment on the world, teacher of God? Have you yet learned to stand aside and hear the voice of judgment in yourself? Or do you still attempt to take Israel from him? Learn to be quiet, for his voice is heard in stillness, and his judgment comes to all who stand aside in quiet listening and wait for him. Thank you, Bryce. Reverend Regia, three and four, please. Thank you. Three. Is this your judgment on yourself, teacher of God? Do you believe that this is wholly true? No, not yet, not yet. But this is still your goal while you are here. It is your function to prepare yourself to hear this judgment and to recognize that it is true. One instant of complete belief in this, and you will go beyond belief to certainty. One instant out of time can bring time's end. Judge not for you, but judge yourself, and thus delay this final judgment. What is your judgment on the world, teacher of God? Have you yet learned to stand aside and hear the voice of judgment in yourself? Or do you still attempt to take his role from him? Learn to be quiet, for his voice is heard in stillness, and his judgment comes to all who stand aside in quiet listening and wait for him. For you who are sometimes sad, sometimes angry, who sometimes feel your just due is not given you, or your best efforts meet with lack of appreciation and even contempt, Give up these foolish thoughts. They are too small and meaningless to occupy your holy minds an instant longer. God's judgment waits for you to set you free. What can the world hold out to you, regardless of your judgments on its gifts, that you would rather have? You will be judged, and judged in fairness and in honesty. There is no deceit in God. His promises are sure. Only remember that. His promises have guaranteed that His judgment and His alone will be accepted in the end. It is your function to make that end be soon. It is your function to hold it in your heart and offer it to all the world to keep it safe. Thank you, Reverend Rita. And Carl, four, please. You who are sometimes sad and sometimes angry, who who sometimes feel your just due is not given you, and your best efforts met with meet with lack of appreciation and even contempt. Give up these foolish thoughts. They are too small and meaningless to occupy your holy minds an instant longer. God's judgment waits for for you to set you free. What can hold the world? Let me. What 
can the world hold out to you, regardless of your judgments, on its gifts that you would rather have? You will be judged, and judged in fairness and in honesty. There is no deceit in God. His promises are sure. Only remember that, only remember that. His promises have guaranteed that his judgment and his alone will be accepted in the end. It is your function to make that end be soon. It is your function to hold it to your heart and offer it to all the safe. Ah, amen. Thank you. All right. Well, that concludes the reading for today. So let's open up the floor for a few minutes and then we'll go paragraph by paragraph. This topic is brought up so so often. I'm glad we're dealing with it again because when we get this one out of the way, I think that's a you know that's a major hurdle for us remembering our truth. So I'm glad we're still dealing with judgment. Of course, that's a judgment on my part. See how crazy it is. Thank you. Complete. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen, hi. Hello, Ida. Could you say that one more time, please, a little bit more slowly? Um, because I just didn't quite catch it. I'm a little sleepy here. Thanks. All all I was doing, Ida, was just uh, reinforcing the idea that, that judgment is such an important topic for us. That again, when we can get away from judgment of our brothers, judgment of ourselves, criticism, condemnation, those things, then it really paves the way to the peace that we you know that we have. And of course, that that was reflected in today's lesson as well that we'll cover. But the uh, but that's the idea that judgment is just such an important topic. Was all I was emphasizing. Thank you. I'm complete. Okay. Thank you. I was not on the first. 20 minutes of the call because I had to do some processing of judgment myself or judgment of my own self and once I did that and I felt better I was able to get to the call and I was explaining to the guy I was talking to about seeing the real world and the final judgment and going back to heaven and realizing we never actually left and I felt good about that, too. Thank you. I'm complete. I actually got in late because I was calling somebody about a new place to live. Now I'm going to go and see this new place. I'm going to have to make a judgment about whether this is the place I want to live or not. Um, um, discernment is the word that always comes to my mind. It just seems like it's, you know, it's a much more spiritual way to make choices. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to judge whether this is a place that I want to live or not. And, and I, you know, I make a zillion. I'm going to kind of judge, you know, what to make decisions about what I'm going to wear, you know, to, to go over there. Am I going to drive or ride my bike or whatever, you know? So we're we're full of making decisions, but it's the judgment, the uh, negative that's heaped on it that all that generally reflects judgment to me. So I'm complete. Thank you, Stephen. I, this is Carl. I, I see a, a difference between judgment and decision. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I see judgment as the foundation of separation. 
and I think I, I don't want to repeat myself, I think I might have said this or something similar on the last call, but judgment for me is the foundation of separation. And of course, separation is the foundation of fear. It's the foundation of the illusion of the world. It's the foundation of of seeing the world in a in a um, false way, if you will, because I do believe there is a world <clears throat> behind this world that I see that is the true world, but that's another topic. Um, and if I can relinquish judgment, I mean that's a that's the big thing to me. That's it doesn't get any bigger than that. If I can relinquish judgment, if I can stop comparing, if I can can stop uh, any form of judgment, then I will return to my right mind because it's my wrong mind, my false beliefs, my false thoughts that support all the judgment that I do. So for me, judgment is uh, eliminating, if that's even a good word, eliminate, uh, ju eliminating judgment from my mind is the key to finding my true identity. I'm complete. Thanks, Carl. That was marvelous, Carl. Thanks, well, Carl. Thank you, Carl. We go on Facebook. Go on Facebook every day, so every time I see that little button that says like, <laughs> I'm making a judgment. Do I like it or not? Is it good or is it bad? That's crazy stuff. <laughs> thank you, Uncle I mean, I guess it's better. Here comes another judgment. I guess it's better to, to, to be going like on Facebook or not to occupy my mind with that for a while. If I have to judge something that other people do, then other ways that I could be judging people, you know. Because at least those people are trying, most of them, most of the time, to write something or post, post a picture that's good or informative or uplifting to people I happen to have or whatever for, for my friends. So anyway, I just add that and again, I'm complete. Excited? Excited. Excited. You know, there's, there's uh, this is Carl again. There is not a don't like uh, button on Facebook. Um, so, uh, it's, <laughs> so chances are what you're liking aligns with the truth that you understand. I'm complete. Thanks, Carl. Are there others on the call that would like to say good morning? 
Hey, family. Good morning. Good morning, Carla. Hi, Carla. Hi. I'm just listening. Thank you yeah, again. Good for morning. Keep... Good morning. Good morning, Carla. Keeping... Good morning. Thank you all for keeping the light burning again this morning. Appreciate that. Anyone else? Hi, Fritz. Hey, Fritz. Hi. This is Fran. I have been thinking about this judgment thing. And um, the more I study the Course, the more aware of my ego thinking I become. And I've started to notice in the past couple of days how judgmental I get about such simple things. Like if somebody likes a movie that I don't like, or if someone, I say something and someone says, well, why do you like something like that? And I can feel this um, anger coming up. And when he talks in this paragraph, who, you who are sometimes sad, sometimes angry, who sometimes feel your just due is not given you, and your best effort to meet with lack of appreciation. I felt like that was directed to me. Because <laughs> I was this morning walking around thinking, how do I stop the judgment? Those silly little judgments that lead to larger judgments. I'm not really sure how to do that. Um, I'll take some help, but I, I think also the lesson today was good for that. When um, Reverend Rich, I mean Reverend Pam, asked us to read that paragraph with not just I, but you are the Son of God, that was helpful. And I, I realized that uh, when I get there, uh, those feelings that I am becoming aware of now, that I have to look at the other person. I'm thinking sometimes, oh, I'm the Son of God. I can tolerate this jerk, but. <laughs> That's not it. I'm starting to realize that I have to see the other person as the son of God. And judgment. I'm complete. Help. Anybody got some help? I'll take it. Oh, great. I can help. Hi. Don't want to step on anybody's possible share. Okay. Well, what I did was I called the warm line. Here in southern Arizona, we have that. And, of course, it's a warm line because you don't have to be in crisis to call it. So it's not a hot line. It's a warm line. And Andrew answered. And I talked to him. And I told him about my ego judgment of myself for not hearing, not for being busy with something else, for being online while Carl was making this share that everybody proclaimed was so wonderful on the last call. <laughs> and I missed a present. I missed a Christmas present, you know, and I told him, well, you know, I can hear it on the uh, replay. But it's not the same. And I judged myself, well, I said, for being such a dodo head. <laughs> and the you know, that was obviously my ego. And basically, to cut to the chase, it was the idea of someone compassionately hearing what I had to say. Maybe asking a couple of questions, but mostly just really hearing me. 
you know, reflecting back to me, he knows from past experiences. I'm a good person. And he said, I usually can, if I say it out loud, I can get to that happy place again much more quickly. Because it's like he said that I could perceive it much more clearly and more like objectively than if it's just stuck going around and around in my head. So my advice to you, dear, would be if you can find someone to simply hear you. You know, but I wake up physically alone except sometimes with my cat at this time. So it's really good to have this available. And I, it may not be available in all places. Many may be available and there's no, you know, yeah, it's meant for the mental health community, but no, you know, there's no qualification that you have to meet to be able to call. So there's that. And I'm not sure what else if there's no one there. Maybe like a, that psychodrama thing where you sit, you sit in one chair and be the ego saying the stuff and then like take a deep breath and pretend you're someone else, act like, you know, you're hearing that. You're just sitting there and you're just hearing it. And then, and that's the best I can say right now. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ryder. Thanks, Ryder. Thank you, Ryder. Thank you, Ryder. Um, before we go back paragraph by paragraph, I wanted to, we started talking about this right before the call started last year with Harrison, talking about that, that, I don't know if I can explain it, that my complete acceptance of anyone or anything is that there's no judgment including the behavior. Because some people believe that the body is of, I don't even want to say it, the body is, when the body does something, the behavior, that you can set boundaries against it. But if I'm truly going to forgive, I accept everything the way that it is. And that is an interesting way to look at it. I'm complete. Thank you, Chris. Like it. Thank you. Chris, it's Ron. I didn't understand that statement that you made, could you make it in a different way? Yeah, I I'm just, it was confusing. Okay, so in the last call we were talking about, I think it was Stephen Scherer was talking about the behavior of, I don't have to accept behavior. And then Harrison said, as a student, we have to forgive everything, including the behavior. And then Reverend Pam was saying, the behavior is part of the body. And she used, Bryce, she used you, you as an example that if I was walking across the street, I wouldn't walk in front of the truck because I'm not a body. Because if I did, it would be not a great scene for everyone involved. But then Harrison said, no, you accept the behavior of someone no matter where they're at. And it's such an interesting challenge because I don't know the answer to that. And I'm wondering, Fran, if that's really what you're asking. I'm complete. Totally. That's exactly right. Well, one last thing. When I heard um, that statement, um, I forgive you, now give me back the keys, I feel like that's a judgment on myself, that I'm going to forgive you because that's what I'm supposed to do, but I don't buy it. 
So I'm thinking that my Christ mind says that no matter what the behavior is, it's the Reverend Reed to play, right? I meet you exactly where you are. I think I got it. I'm complete. Not that I do it. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I was thinking the other day, someone um, was, someone started a fight with me and telling me that um, they didn't like this, that I did, and that, that I did, and, you know, I had to do this better and all that. And I said back to them, I don't like the fact that you're judging me and that you're telling me how to live. I could tell you how to live, but I'm keeping it to myself. And then I realized as I said that, that I was doing the same thing they were doing. You know, and I started to realize that the judgment they made on me had created me allowing myself to judge them for judging me. So it turned into this circle. And I thought, well, when does this stop? If I'm the course student, I'm going to stop it. I just haven't figured out quite how to do that. I'm going to wait. I did the... Fran, I did the same thing last night. We were at a dinner and we were talking about, you know, stories of what the kids used to do. And, and my friend's like, you know, I grounded him like, oh, I never grounded my children because, and I'm like, it's same thing. It's a hamster wheel. I'm judging her for judging herself. It's like, and the only way I think to stop that is to, to not judge. And I don't know how to do that in a body. Does anybody else know how? (laughs) I know the first step is to shut up. I do know. Leave the room, hang the phone, start. Up, say you have to go to the bathroom or something, but stop. Yeah. Not <laughs> the first. This is Carl. Oops. Is that an echo or somebody else? I think it's okay now. Oh, okay. Um what I'm about to say, I don't know how to do, but um, I think the answer is to accept and allow to just, you know, let all things be as they are. And that is a tall, tall, tall order. But I think the answer to non-judgment is to accept and allow whatever it is that you're tempted to see in a separated way, in a, in a judgmental way, uh, big, tall order. Uh, but I think that might be uh, pointing in the right direction, at least. I'm complete. Carl, that's perfect. That's that's a good way. Allow. Allow anyone to be the way they are. Thank you. You know what I used to do when I was a kid? I used to love to put a mirror in front of the bathroom mirror and see the endless, endless, endless mirroring back and forth in the in the mirror, uh, which like, as far as I could see, and I knew that it could possibly go on beyond, you know, as far as I could see and just be endless. Endless doesn't mean eternal necessarily, but anyway, it seemed like that's what we were just talking about here. Just a little story. Thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. I love that. Um, What I wanted to bring up 
and I think we all experienced this. Is last year on the call, we had one of our brothers who was, um, it was pretty combative. It was, it was not a comfortable call. It was judgment on all sides. And I sought help, and the help and advice I got was to set boundaries, which worked. It made the call peaceful and, you know, a safe place. It needed to be a safe place for everybody. But the end result was one of our brothers was really disappointed because it was a judgment. And I'm telling you, as I sit here today, I'm still not sure what the right thing to do is. I'm complete. Wow, Chris. Thanks for sharing that. Well, Well, we don't. That's okay. I mean, didn't we just cover some lessons where it talked about basically turning um, decision-making over to the Holy Spirit? Again, I don't know how to handle this situation. I don't know. It's bringing up mixed emotions for me. I'm feeling this, but I'm thinking I should be thinking like this. And, you know, and, and so you know, we're in turmoil, which is the wonderful time to call in the Holy Spirit and say, I offer this to you. you know, take this and, and, and help me see this you know, in, in, the, in Christ's light. But that's the whole thing about you know, us coming to a point where we can surrender to the higher wisdom, you know, surrender to, to, the, um, to what the, um, the Holy Spirit would discern. And, and I think that's, a, that's the, the solution to a lot of our problems, you know. Help me see this differently here. How would, you know, or what would Jesus do kind of thing? I'm complete. Two things. I want to make a distinction between what we do in this world of illusion and what we perceive. Again, I can go back to the ninja warrior who, or someone like that, who can be peaceful and love his brother and in the war and in the situation where his brother is coming at him with a knife or hurting others or whatever, can kill him, kill his illusionary body, right? So there's that. And wow, that's a big deal. I can feel that that's a big feeling thing, and I don't judge that because um, what the other thing was when I was an Ekankar, the Mahanta leader of Ekankar said to us, when we are stuck, uh, it is better to make any decision than to make no decision at all and just sit on the situation and let it go whatever, because maybe because it implies movement, and movement always seems to bring some kind of result in this world. Um, and we learn from our results, something like that. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. You're welcome. No, this is... Go ahead, Carl. No, it's okay. The, uh, I was looking at the rules for decision. Um, because again, I think we're um, what I'm coming up with is it's more than semantics, but the, you know between a decision and a judgment, and and what it says right here in the beginning of rules for decision today, I will make no decisions by myself. Uh, again, the idea of calling the Holy Spirit in, especially when it's uh, when I'm really mixed about something, I think is is such a great idea. But we make a you know a zillion decisions every day, and and to me, judgment comes with uh, with with all the added baggage of the um, of the emotional projection because it's all projection anyway but that's it actively um, I, I think you've got something this is Rob I think you've got something there 
Suppose, let's imagine a hundred people of any sort, all wide diversity, with great, great level confusion between them. You know, every background that they've been taught from society isn't correct. Can you imagine that? A hundred people with a hundred different backgrounds and every background teaching is false, making constant level confusion. Now, being and having are the root words of behavior. If being and having connotes something, refer to something, it's the divine state that each of these hundred people are trying to convey, and they're trying to convey it from false background teaching, meaning that none of them will be exactly like the other, or even sometimes remotely like the other, but the Holy Spirit will see it from a viewpoint that will join them all in at least enough of a calming manner that will allow them to get along and start to learn something that isn't from a completely confused societal background like they all have individually. Now we've got a joining point, the Holy Spirit. And this is, I think, why the Course came about, is because things are getting so confused that a celestial speed-up was necessary in getting us together in a way to make us remember our divine estate, which is what behave means. Come back to your divine estate. Does any of this make any sense? I think this is Carl, Rob. I think what I hear, I'm going to try to say what I think, or at least what I hear that you're saying. You can tell me if I'm off, off base or not. But I hear you saying that uh, and, and instead of uh, using a hundred people, let's use eight billion people because that represents the world, the population of this world. And, and what is happening is the Holy Spirit is like the conductor of the orchestra. The Holy Spirit is this is like an incomprehensible thought but the holy you know how does this happen but the and we can never understand it but the holy spirit is moving each aspect of 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 god all 8 billion aspects orchestrating a return to love and um, our job is to accept that, to uh, uh, allow that, and know 
that that's what's happening. And if I can do that, then that will lead me towards non-judgment. If I, if I can, you know, even come close to comprehending that and, and then, and then internalizing that. I don't know if that's, that's kind of what I heard you saying. I could be wrong. Let me know. I'm complete. Yes, the conductor, knowing that we're all divine and that we really have been miseducated, knows a joining outlook, a joining perspective that will satisfy everyone and not cause them to make another judgment that they were already having trouble with. He would bring the character of their divine estate to them in their mind because they asked to follow the conductor. This is what, to me, the holy instant is, a asking to see the divine aspect of my joining with all the others and ignore what I might have thought or been taught to think. I'm complete. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks, Rob. If you look at two things that Raj said that seemed completely ridiculous, un incomprehensible. And then you compare that to what we're discussing here about judgment and decision. We all want to make good decisions and we all want to have some sort of perspective that allows us to fit each other, to love and fit each other. Well, when he says you aren't and you never were, meaning we took on these personalities as differential parts of God which comprise God. And he also says Hitler's here, and he's enlightened. So we know that in the judgment of the world, this is, um, this is a guy that doesn't make a lot of people happy. And yet, he's accepted because somehow his mis learning and misteaching of others has been erased and he's back to his original state, which is the same as ours, before we are mistaught by the world. I hope I hope this helps you see that it's it's a behind the scenes look at your own true divinity that the course gives me about myself and makes me <laughs> completely aware that what I think about something has nothing to do with what's really there. And my advisor says, the same thing can be used when you're encountering someone who is judging you. <laughs> what you think of me has no value to me at all. When I think of my divinity 
and I think of your divinity. Namaste, you see? I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, again, I, I don't want to... Um, if I remember the truth of who I am, nobody can really judge my, my divinity. Um, again, with my brother, I want to see him, truly, as a child of God, the divine nature in him. But the external demonstration, how he's showing up, uh, is a different thing uh, altogether. And so, again, that's where I'm, I'm mixed between the, between the two, because I certainly don't like to be judged or attacked or somebody telling me how I should live or what I should do. But by the same token, um, everybody's entitled to an opinion, and I can take what I want. Um, but again, when it comes to when it comes to you know out, out there, it, it's still again I guess between uh, judgment and, and and decision or discernment. So I'm complete. Right. Do, do you love yourself enough to know that you are trying to do the right thing in each case, and also find your true self? in the divinity that God says you are. Because all of us in totality are going to define what God is. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I can I can go with that. Yeah, thank you. This is Lee. I um I read in this section that he's gonna take me on a little journey. Um of the many Christian concepts that he uh gives a different meaning to this becomes yet another recognizing that uh, that most of us have the idea of a final judgment um, associated with some fear he wants to take me on a little journey so that that final judgment is something that I dearly welcome he also wants to introduce me to the fact that his final judgment on me is so grand and wonderful that if I were to seek that, I would find freedom from my judgment, the judgment I've listened to all my life, my judgment of myself, so skewed, and that judgment applied to everyone else, the condemnation and the guilt that I hold so dearly as justifiable, which becomes a sword that I use equally on myself Um, as I do so freely on everyone else. He even at one point tells me that that judgment um, applied to the world makes of me this grand being that his judgment on me would reveal makes of me a petty creature. That's so effective, those three sentences. It says, look what you'll upset yourself over. Look how small that makes you who are so grand. And he invites me to know how grand I am and how grand you are. What he introduces me to as his final judgment is, he says, the release from all my judgment on myself and on you and on the world. Is each one to be judged in the end? Indeed, yes, no one can escape God's final judgment. Who could flee forever from the truth? What he would judge me to be is the final judgment of the truth of me. And in light of the truth of me, he says, 
sets the world free with myself. What need the world be set free from but my judgment? I and the world are lifted together to a place where in light of what I am, in light of the fact that I've learned condemnation and guilt are never justifiable. Just those two terms, condemnation and guilt. I believe there's a justifiable basis for those things. But those are the source of why I think attack is sometimes justifiable. And he would have me know that all three have no foundation at all. That no judgment out of accord with the Holy Spirit is ever justifiable. So if I take that prayer, holy are you, eternal, free, and whole, at peace forever in the heart of God, and I take that deeply, if I were able to drink that in, he says there would be a shift in me where the world, in the way that I relate to it, would fall away, where sorrow would fall away. That's his offer. And he tells me, coming to a place where my judgment of myself and of everyone accords with what God knows to be so of me is my goal. It's why I'm here. That's why he can tell me, you have one form of judgment installed in you that has been misdirecting me all my life. And he say to me, judge not for you but judge yourself and thus delay this final judgment. What's your judgment on the world, teacher of God? Have you yet learned to stand aside and hear the voice of judgment in yourself? Voice of judgment, all caps, or attempt to take his role from him. Learn to be quiet for his voice is heard in stillness. And his judgment comes to all who stand aside in quiet listening and wait for him. That's a prescription for me to know that there are two forms of judgment available to me and one gets me in all kinds of fixes and makes of me a petty creature. I can feel it creep in throughout the day. The other that starts with the fact that I'm radiantly innocent and always have been and that nothing I've ever done alters what God knows to be so of me, invites me to more and more ask that I recognize that radiant innocence in all things, in every moment. That's a timeless recognition. It's not something that I need um, condemn myself for not feeling, but that's the course of action that he says I'm guided to take. That's why if in a moment I can feel that I'm all in a knot about my difficulty, my judgment and condemnation, my desire to lay guilt at another person's door, my dissatisfaction, I can recognize that petty voice and in response to that I can look for a quiet moment where I invite this voice of God within me, His Holy Spirit in me, to guide me to see this differently. 
And when I see it differently, I'll always see it in accord with innocence. I'll always be released from some aspect of the petty judgment that makes me and others so miserable. That's why those sentences about recognizing that I'm sometimes sad or angry, bitter, that those things are so beneath what we are. Just that recognition can fuel this desire. I want my heart be lifted. I really do want to have my judgment of myself be understood as aligned with God's judgment of me, as pure and innocent as he created me. And I have to trust that there's something wondrous that happens in terms of the judgment I've had toward everything when that occurs. That's the gift of these four paragraphs for me. Really three short paragraphs and a prayer. Holy am I, eternal, free, and whole, at peace forever in the heart of God. From that perspective, he assures me everything falls into proper place. Then I begin to walk this world as a teacher of God instead of a teacher of the ego. I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. That's Thank so beautiful, you, Lee. Lee. Thank oh, you. Totally. Brought tears to my eyes. Thank you, Lee. I love that part about the prescription. That's just so practical. Thank you. I want to refill. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, Thank that you. was a that was a beautiful interpretation of what the action should be from the study of the paragraphs. It's very nice. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. So why don't we feel it is the question right now that comes to mind for me? Uh, thankfully, the surprise. Uh, <clears throat> goes back to, to your share that started us off, Carl, on uh, the separation. And, um, you know, i just like to meditate in on what it is in me that feels separate and why, uh, why is it so deep uh, that I feel uh, I need to defend myself against other people's judgments. That's, that's one really big one for me. Uh, you know, the previous section talks about the purpose of the world and forgiveness being the major challenge uh, that this world provides for us. And so the question, uh, why do I judge, you know, comes up. It's in the nature of my need for forgiveness, which I've buried what I feel. So the truth is, I don't feel very innocent. And so I project my lack of feeling, not feeling innocent on the world and uh, carry out that belief in the world being worthy of my judgment and the illusion of it is in me and my own separation and my own lack of, of feeling loved and feeling innocent. So that's what this little paragraph is for, why it's set apart, why it's a prayer, and why I need to get it 
not one I honestly meditate on. I don't spend most of the day meditating on this idea that God loves me absolutely, unconditionally, without wavering, without any judgment against me, only for me. And that's what the remedy is, it says, really. If I could truly get that into my heart and soul, I would never judge. The end of the world would happen because the end of the world is in my lack of understanding the truth of my innocence and everyone else's. And I carried around uh, like a chip on my shoulder and uh, I need to have it purged. In the New Testament, uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, that I grew up with, uh, I was given a remedy. You know, it was I was given a remedy in the in the act of Christ's innocence. His innocence. You know, he took on all the sins of the world and yet remained without sin. He didn't. He didn't return evil for evil. He didn't do any of the things that that we would ascribe as sinful. He knew the truth of himself and witnessed to that truth and everything he did. And, uh, you know, I just confess to you, brothers, I don't know how to be purged completely of my sense of sinfulness, and that's the one thing I need. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Uh, But yet there seems to be in me something of a reserve where I still hold out some lack of faith in my ability to be innocent. And what this... Uh, shift that the Course in Miracles would tell me is that God proclaims me innocent, and that's what makes me innocent. God made me innocent, and that's what makes me innocent. And nothing I do, nothing anyone else does, nothing will ever change that. That's what I've got to get. I've got to get that into my soul. I've got to truly have a shift in my comprehension that nothing that anyone ever does is worthy of my judgment against them because God loves them perfectly, and so should I. Be perfect as I am perfect is what I hear God saying, not so that we'll fear, but that we will know we are perfect. God help me to know the truth that you love me and that one fact and that one fact alone becomes the wholeness in which everything I do, every act I make, every decision I make comes from a full knowledge of your love, your absolute love for me. 
and then let me make no judgments apart from that judgment. Um, Bryce? Bryce, thank you. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Bryce? Thank you, Bryce. Bryce? Thank you, Bryce. Bryce? Have you ever looked at NTI? Yes, dear. Thank you. Ah, you don't like it. Okay. Never mind. No, no I didn't say that, dear. Okay. I like I like it. Fine. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm complete. Uh, this is Reverend Rita Joy. I wanted to quickly uh, say thank thank you to Bryce, and uh, it's it's amazing because you what you brought what you voiced was what I see my husband do in our course group. At the end, we stand and hold hands, and we sit, just join one another and say a short prayer. He he leads that, and he always 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 reminds us of the unconditional love of God, and it's a guiding principle in his life he knows he is loved unconditionally and uh so uh when he has any doubt he comes back to the unconditional love of god you know when the ego is trying to make him blah 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 he comes back to the unconditional love of god constantly that's his guiding light (laughs) it's awesome and one time i I, when you brought up being judged i i uh, remembered a time when a person in my life um i was stressed (laughs) When I'm stressed, ego has full reign. <laughs> and um, this other person had judged, like a friend was talking about, you know, you know, someone saying something to you, judging you're judging you. And see, we know that we are the sinless son of God. And it hurts when someone doesn't see our sinlessness. <laughs> you know, because, but the thing is, I do, I am an ego, and, and they're reacting off of my ego when I lost sight of who I am. And that's okay, because those who see themselves as whole make no demands. When I step back into my wholeness, then I, can, I don't have to demand anything that they, that they see my light, even when I'm in ego. I don't have to demand that. I would like that. I would love that. But that's, if that's not so, I don't make that demand. I don't need to. He said, you know, it's, don't, this is too little for you to even, you know, when you're, when you're sad. And that's littleness. And so as soon as I can get back to, to who I am, then it's just forgiveness. It's just for myself and for the other person. But I will perpetuate that cycle if I take offense. He says, you give offense when you take offense. You know, uh, attack thoughts are attacking my invulnerability. So as soon as I can get back to my invulnerability, then I love this person. They can't say anything that would lessen my love for them and lessen my love for myself because I know reality. That's forgiveness, knowing reality. Thank you. I thank you, Bryce. You're beautiful. I loved what you shared. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm almost complete. I'll leave the, la- the rest for my closing because I, I talk about the definition of judgment, so I'll leave that for the closing. I'm complete. Thank you, Regina. Thank you, Reverend Regina. Reverend Regina. Thank you, Reverend Regina. I have to tell you something. Um, I'm in a stressful situation for the past couple of days. We're doing a big photography shoot. And today is the shoot. And you said something the other day that has saved me through these couple of days. You said the man who sees himself as whole demands nothing. I think I've said that a hundred times. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Nice, Fran. Thanks. Thanks, Fran. You know, this is Carl again. I think 
<coughs> he tells us right in this lesson how to do this. He he uh, he provides us this prayer, which is God's judgment of His Son. Holy are you, eternal, free, and whole, at peace forever in the heart of God. Where is the world and where is sorrow now? Once you, once you uh, internalize the first two lines, then where is the world and where is the sorrow now? And, he, and if, I, if I go down to three, this is what I see. He, 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 he says, this is what you do. You want to hear my voice of judgment, the, the prayer that I just read, Learn to be quiet, for my voice, for his voice, is heard in stillness. And then my judgment, his judgment, the prayer I just read, comes to all who stand aside in quiet listening and wait, and wait for him. So it's it goes for me, it goes back once again to learning to be still, to rest, to accept, and to trust, and then allow the voice of God to tell you, holy am I, eternal, free, and whole, at peace in the heart of God. I think those are the instructions there. At least that's the way I see it. I'm complete. Perfect, Carl. Thank you. Nice, Carl. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. This is Josie. Hi, Josie. Oh, go ahead. I just wanted to. I just wanted to report that um, I loved Bryce's share, and I wanted to report that in person, Bryce is a big, snuggly bear. That is so nice to hug. So he's very lovable. I second that. <laughs> Bryce, are you on the East Coast? Thanks, Josie. Right. I, I popped in a jersey in and out as, as quick as I came. But, yeah, Aww. I was there. I, I, I couldn't stay but a minute. I had to hurry back so I could see Josie. <laughs> Thanks, Josie. Aww. I love you, too. And I report she is a sweet and beautiful and uh, so easy to snuggle up with. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jesse. What a blessing it was. To see thank you, Bryce. And everybody that shared today, um, uh, I should have said uh, I should have said thank you, but I'm saying it now. You've been all good. Your chairs have been good, beautiful, and important. I'm complete. Thank you. So, Fran, I want to go back to your share. And in that moment of chaos, when you are aware that you're on the side of the ego, what do you do? Do you physically remove yourself from the situation? I like, what does that look like? I don't know if I can remember being in the chaotic moment when everything is falling apart around you and then I can shift in that insanity. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm complete. So what happened? 
Um, it was well. The the thing that happened to me two weeks ago was just horrendous. It was horrible. It was a horrible, big fight. Terrible. And the funny thing is, I went back and forth between uh, feeling sorry for myself and feeling sorry for the other person. Uh, the other person started it. I got attacked. Well, but I have. Um, we is through the, with the courts, but the thing I have learned is to shut up, <laughs> don't carry on, and get you know get a grip, and then go in that other direction, which I've done. I've had a hard time forgiving that person, but I have to because they're close to me. But I'm struggling with it. But uh, I think I'm okay. I I was thinking, listening to everyone this morning. I don't know how I lived without these calls. I don't know how I walk through my days without these calls. (laughs) You know, I really don't. I I think back, I got on through an injury. I injured myself and couldn't drive. And that's how I lucked out through pain (laughs) and got on these calls. It's just, I'm so grateful. But, yeah, I think the first thing I've learned is to stop. Don't, Don't keep doing it and go in another direction and just ask my favorite prayer, ask for help. I'm complete. I'm hoping. <laughs> Thanks, Fran. Thank, Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. excellent, Fran. Well, hi, this is Paula. I know we're at the end of the call, but listening to Fran and, and then hearing Chris say, yes, what do you do? I... I I think I recalled it on a call a while ago where I was in a situation where I was being attacked verbally and it was like arrows coming at me at first and I was ready to defend myself and attack back verbally. But then something told me, don't say anything, step back and see that this person to call for love and you know who you are I knew at that moment oh I have to hang my little grandson is waking up <laughs> sorry I can't go oh, on I guess. to call for love <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true you step back and remember who you are and no one can hurt you, and you don't want to hurt back. So I just listened with all my love. And it, it was, initially, I was ready to go back, but it wasn't happening. I just know, and I knew it. And I allowed this person to keep going on, and then the look on her face was like, it was like, how come she's not? But I, I knew I was helping her in my own way, because it was her call for love. Anyway. Thank you for allowing me to share that, Should Got to go. Bye-bye. Thanks, Paula. Thanks, Paula. Thanks, Paula. Thanks, Paula. Oh, Paula, thanks. Helping us as well. <laughs> thanks, Paula. Thanks, Paula. Um, this is friend. It's, it's funny, when I heard the, the little boy, or I think it's a little boy, cry, I was thinking, oh, that's a call for love. And I thought, well, isn't it funny how you know that in a child? When a child screams and cries, that that's a call for love. Guess I'm going to think about that. <laughs> and Thanks, Fran. You know, this, this is Carl. Do we have a 
few more minutes or another minute. We can roll over. I remember early in this call, someone brought up um, the condition of our of our call last year at this time, and and uh, uh, I was the facilitator last year at this time, and um, I remember how upset I got. I remember how judgmental I was. And um, I also remember saying to myself, well, this, this behavior is a call for love. And I think for me there's a danger in saying, well, that's a call for love. I mean, it is at one level. But that does not negate the fact that I was triggered, that I was judgmental, that I, you know, you name it, I was it. And, and I, want, I want to learn that just saying, for me to say, well, that's a call for love. I'm not healing myself. If I don't recognize, if, if I let that like be the salve and I don't recognize that I was judgmental, I was upset, I was triggered and on and on and on. And that was a gift that I missed to help heal myself. So I just wanted to say that I'm complete. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Very good. For me, that's the other half of it being a call for love. I, I, I only get half the message if I'm thinking it's a call from the other person um, for love. But if I realize that my agitation is a call that I provide for myself, um, the love. In other words, it's, I can stay in judgment if I'm, if I'm <clears throat> applying that sentence as a sad as though, okay, this person needs love. But if I realize as well that agitation means I'm really in need of love right now and I have access to that love. Um, that's, what I, that's what I hear you really pointing out. It's really valuable. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, uh, and it's so easy to just miss, you know, skip over that. Uh, at, at least it is for me. And... Uh, you know, when you think back uh, about that whole experience, you know, what an opportunity all of us had to to do some healing, and I missed it. Uh, be interesting to see if it happened again. <laughs> how I would how I would handle it. That's another um, challenge. <laughs> well, it did happen again for that person at some point in time, I don't know, to heal himself or herself. And it did happen again for all of you and all of us too because, of course, we're constantly getting, you know, these opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why our brother is our savior, you know. I mean... I'm complete. Hi, this is Paul. I can jump in for a little bit here. And I caught some of what you said, Colin. You know, the situation I found myself in 
and like you said, it was a call for love. But it was I also dug deeper within myself, so I knew, you know, I was healing something because I was the perception. So it was a tremendous healing opportunity for me as it was happening and as I reflected on it and what came up within myself. So I found, without judgment, I was not judging, I was grateful. I am very grateful for that situation. And I have a great relationship with this person now. We actually even joke about it. So, yeah. Anyway, it was a great opportunity. I was very grateful for it. I was attending the little ones. I'll be back. Thanks, Paula. You know, the, the interesting thing is that even though that happened a year ago, that experience can still be used for healing. It can still be used for healing. At least that's what I believe. Yes. I believe that too. Charles, I'm really glad you say that because I wanted to say that, but but, um, it didn't seem to be an appropriate thing to say to you um, because it seemed like it was your experience. But I'm really glad to, to hear you say that. And I'm still, I, as this is coming up, I'm still realizing that I've got some healing to do around it because um, at the New York City conference, that same person at the dance made uh, a comment to me that felt somewhat violating, and I know he was just kidding, but I needed, I felt, um, when I look back on it, I realized that I didn't feel safe in that moment, and I felt that it was only my own internal experience of my own issues coming up. So I need to heal that. Um, and it's my call for love. That's my call for love to say, yes, help me know that I am, I am safe and that, and that he was just being friendly. So I need, to, I need to do that now. Thank you very much. Yes, and not to invalidate your judgment. I have noticed in my life, through people in my family and myself and other people, that a lot of hostility can be hidden in humor. And so that has given me pause and that has given me a lesson. And, of course, that has given my ego one more way to judge people, you know. I'm just kidding. No, you're not. You really do wish I were that. <laughs> that, that whole kind of thing. And, um, and the, the other point I wanted to make is, you know, I've done some acting in my life, um, amateurly. And we are not the roles we play, much like the energy requires. Well, you know, somebody is going to play that role, it seems like, with these terrorists and the more subtle terrorists in our own lives and uh, Hitler, God forgive him. I don't know if I'm completely forgiven Hitler, but I don't know if I'm completely forgiven, you know, Brian, who is not talking to me. And the lady from Eckenkar who, you know, after talking to her for months while I was working and it was really nice and, um, you know, called me up one morning, called me up and blasted me with you're this and you're that and you're manipulating your children and you, you know, you stabbed me in the back, you know, I was in her dream and, and cursed me and hung up the phone. 
so I don't know, but we are not the roles we play. And sometimes it is like those terrorists, the con, you know, that were the contracts that we take on and all that stuff. Hopefully, people aren't taking on so many wild uh, contracts and stuff anymore. Thank you, thank you so much, and I'm complete. Thanks, Ida. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> the silence was scary to my ego. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, didn't make it to I, the mute button. Thank you, oh, Ida. Me too, Ida. I always love listening to you. Thank you. Thank you. I thought maybe I said too much. Maybe it was too violent, you know. Those judgments, ding, ding, ding. they just pop right in and we give them a chance, don't they? <laughs> oh, well, I think uh, the judgments... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say thank you again. Go ahead. I was just going to say the judgment-free zone needs to get out to work. So, Reverend Regal, what do you say? <laughs> okay. We'll, uh, okay, we'll end our time together by uh, closing our eyes and joining with one another in this uh, time of stillness and listening and hearing the loving thoughts of God. We're learning how to do this, to be still and listen to His judgment, not our own. How does He judge us? What would love say? Our question today in the Manual for Teachers of A Course in Miracles, is each one to be judged in the end? And he says, indeed, yes. We're told the truth will come. I know it'll come when I welcome it. But I need to first disassociate truth from fear, or I will never welcome it. Judgment either imprisons me or sets me free. As my lesson today tells me, From the world's judgment come all the sorrows of the world, but from love comes the peace of God. In this course, he tells me, quote, Be not afraid of love, for it alone can heal all sorrow, wipe away all tears, and gently waken from his dream of pain the son whom God acknowledges as his. Be not afraid of this, unquote. Only freedom comes from God's judgment. And his judgment is, quote, holy are you, eternal, free, and whole, at peace forever in the heart of God, unquote. He asks me today if this is my judgment on myself, and he calls me teacher of God. He tells me that to prepare myself to recognize its truth is my goal and function while I'm here. Thou art that eternal and free and whole, quote, at peace forever in the heart of God, unquote. I hear from many people, they think it is impossible to be without, quote, unquote, judgment in this world. So I looked at the definition of judgment. Quote, the ability to make considered decisions or come to sensible conclusions, unquote. And some of the synonyms were sense, S-E-N-S-E, perception, wisdom, reasoning, unquote. Indeed, it is impossible to be without judgment. Although 
one way of perceiving leaves me desolate and the other fills me with joy and peace. Today, I'm preparing myself to make considered decisions, to reason, to perceive, and to have the wisdom only by listening to the Holy Spirit. So we pray, Father, Mother, God, I am only bound by my thoughts of limitation, which are judgments. And these judgments I place on myself. What if I were only limited by my limiting thoughts? What if truth were true? And I am your son, the son of the source of all there is, unlimited and eternal. And I hear you say, quote, holy are you eternal, free, and whole, unquote. Now I recall these affirming words you've given me on the question, what am I? Quote, I am God's son, complete and healed and whole, shining in the reflection of his love. In me is his creation sanctified, and guaranteed eternal life. In me is love perfected, fear impossible, and joy established without opposite. I am the holy home of God himself. I am the heaven where his love abides. I am his holy sinlessness itself, for in my purity abides his own. My child, God's judgment waits for you to set you free. Learn to be quiet, for his voice is heard in stillness, and his judgment comes to all who stand aside in quiet listening and wait for him. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Beautiful. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. That was beautiful.